from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every single Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Starting a little bit after that today, so we appreciate your patience, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast as always. Hopefully everybody's doing well and enjoying their TGIT right now and (laughs) having a great Thursday. So happy, happy Thursday. And on today's broadcast, we're going to hop right into it with the morning menu and what's coming up. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. And you can also pick up that live feed on the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com, the hub of all things with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Starting off the show today, coaching with class, proudly with Katie Kalinske, who spent seven years on Jim Beheim's staff, is here with us to speak on Golden State and Cleveland and so much more. Very excited about this, having Katie onto the show every single Thursday around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we're going to change it up like I told you last week that Thursdays will now be fantasy football second hour of the show. So fantasy football, NFL, Mike Sofka, you're used to having us on Fridays from 10 to 11. We are now going to be Thursdays from 10 to 11. So very excited about that. And with that being said, let's bring Katie into the show. Once again, Katie Kalinsky, seven years on Jim Beheim's staff and moving forward here in her career and plenty to talk about with this. Uh, some things I want to bring up today. One of the things that was up on social media, quote that Katie had shared. We're going to talk about that too. But first and foremost, Katie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing well. And, and Katie, just what you can say about this series with, with Cleveland and, and Golden State. You and I have spoken about this You know, I I said Golden State in five. I was trying to give LeBron a game somewhere in here, but Golden State went to Cleveland and came out with a victory in game three. It's now 3-0 Golden State. Your thoughts on the series? Yeah, we talked about Golden State a little bit before, and I think they're just too much to handle. There's too many scores. It's not even even really fair, (laughs) to be honest, because... The minute Kevin Durant went there, it kind of changed the whole NBA. Um, and the minute I saw that it was going to be the same finals again, I was like, dang, I don't even really want to watch. Because <laughs> I'm kind of tired of the same finals and the same players. And uh, Cleveland has to give everything they have in the first half to even stay afloat against them. And that's so hard to come out in the second half with a team that's just so good. So I think since they have to give everything they have, it's kind of hard for them to even – compete with them and also everyone was saying at the end of the game LeBron wasn't even guarding Kevin Durant but if you notice like the last seven minutes of the game with LeBron 
he was shooting a ton of threes. And once you're once you're that tired and you, everything goes, your mind goes. And I think LeBron was just so tired at the end of the game because he literally put his team on the back the whole entire playoffs. And everyone's like, well, why is he not guarding Durant? He looks exhausted out there. How can he guard Durant right now when he's that tired? People just expect to do him so him to do so much. And and that's the thing is when we see you know and I was talking about it on the show yesterday that you know there's the Golden State Warriors providing player after player after player that are gonna make this game interesting you know Steph Curry can take over Kevin Durant can take over people forget about Clay Thompson but you can't Draymond Green with the factor of of getting inside your head and then you know they do have guys that can come off the bench and, and make some things interesting so you know it, there's so much firepower on golden state that you know and I, and i said that i was like whether boston or cleveland makes it it's a buzzsaw after that with golden state is there any i know you said they got to give their all speaking on cleveland in the first half but does it ever feel close to you does it ever feel anything of a game to you or is it just is it just watching a team kind of toy and dictate? Because last year I felt like that's what Golden State did. They didn't lose a game all the way up to the NBA Finals, and they played Cleveland, and they lost one game in the series and went back home and won. And, and, and I said, I was like, I feel like they lost that game so that they could go home and, and hoist the trophy in front of their own fans. But it, it, does any of this feel like a series, or does it just kind of feel like Golden State's toying back and forth going all right you know what we'll, we'll we'll slow on the gas a little and then we'll come and hit you when we need to yeah i think they're definitely just toying with cleveland right now even curry and thompson played probably the worst games they could play and they still won the game and i think that just shows how good kevin durant is i think people forget we don't talk about kevin durant as much because he's surrounded by such a cast but the things that kevin durant is doing at his size and he's pretty much playing as a guard is we'll probably never see a player like him again and it's hard it's i mean it's a lot easier for him because he has such a supporting cast it's like how do you really guard them you know lebron's basically getting double teamed and doing everything on his own so i think that's why i don't talk about durant as much but the things Durant is pretty much doing is just remarkable he's just such a good player and we kind of don't talk to him about him as much because he plays with such a good cast. But, you know, without Durant, I don't think they win the series. Well, and that's the thing about having Kevin Durant, you know, come onto the team recently and just what he's meant to the team. What you can say about, you know, there, there's there's obviously people that have had an issue with Kevin Durant and have, have treated him uh, with, a, with a high level of disrespect that, that he was a sellout and that he did – you know, that, that making this move to go on to the Golden State Warriors was a cop-out, this, that, and the other. My response to this has been, listen, Kevin Durant was on the worst team in the NBA when he was with the Seattle Supersonics. The worst. Not Sean Kemp time and Gary Payton and Hersey Hawkins and Detlef Shrimp. That was a horrible team that Kevin Durant was on. He moved with them to Oklahoma City. He dealt with that for a long time. He built with Russell Westbrook a team that could make it to the NBA Finals. But that team was the definition of insanity. It was just going to be over and over again, him and Russell Westbrook, they're going to score but not win the big game. And he got fed up with having to be in that situation 
So he decided another situation. This is not a guy who spent three seconds with Oklahoma City. He went from Seattle to Oklahoma, dealt with that, was on the team for years, built what he could, saw the loss of James Harden, continued to try to work with Russell Westbrook. I don't think this guy copped out at all. I think he was on a team that was good but not great, and he moved forward after spending numerous years. It's like being in a relationship. He tried to make it work for a really long time, and then eventually he decided maybe this isn't the right girl for me, and he moved on. I don't I don't think people should give him any type of level of disrespect that, that he finally decided that wasn't the best place for him. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just where he went. You know, Golden State ends up beating him, and he goes right to their team, which I think is the hard part about it. And at first I didn't have a problem with it, but now that I'm watching, I'm like, this is just this is boring, <laughs> you know, you know, they're going to win. And it, it kind of shows you how good Houston actually was because they almost beat them. They were up in the series. And if Chris Paul doesn't miss two games, you never know what happened with that series. So, it, you know, Houston doesn't get enough respect because they really, they had, they had Golden State on the ropes. So I just think it's the way how he went to the team that beat him, you know, and then it makes you wonder too, if LeBron was on those OKC teams, would he have won with them? He probably would have. Well, no, and I, and I I mean, I think if you're on Oklahoma City right now, I mean, there's a good chance that you're going to win a championship. And I get that. I get the fact that, you know, he's on that team and they didn't need him. They didn't need the firepower necessarily, but they got him. And, and now it's, it's you know, it's, it's very unfair to a lot of people. But I can't fault. I just, I can't fault Kevin Durant for wanting better for himself. I feel like if he was on Oklahoma City right now, it would just be the definition of insanity and he would just keep spinning around in circles. So I don't I don't fault him for wanting to have better. I just I and on the other side of the coin, I understand that, you know, you put Kevin Durant with Steph Curry and it's is it even is it even worth watching the series? So I get that, but you know, I I, I think Kevin Durant, like you said, I mean look at what he's been to this team though. You know, how he stepped up. Some guys can go and... I mean, think about it. Everybody ran to Miami when LeBron was there. Everybody ran to Miami just to get a ring. You know, you got you got guys going to that team that, you know, could have retired, maybe should have retired, and they're going out and, and trying to do what they can and just sit on the bench and, and watch LeBron go to work. With Kevin Durant, you know, he's gone to Golden State, but he's a huge part of this team and he was a huge part of them winning when he got there and and look at him now continuing to be that so i see the double edge i see two sides of the coin speaking here with Katie Kalinsky that yeah he is on a team that already had a lot but what if he wasn't there especially you know in in these series when he's scoring 40 points in a game so i i know it's frustrating but but can you, I mean, can you see the dynamic of Kevin Durant and Golden State and, and respect the fact that he's meant a lot to this team, despite the fact that a lot of people are pissed off that he left? Yeah, he definitely makes the team. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't think they win without him. And his game is just so hard to guard, especially in the NBA. You switch so much now. Everything's a switch. So he has so many mismatch problems, you know. You have George Hill guarding him, and... It's just, you know, that one three hit at the end off the dribble was just crazy. <laughs> it kind of reminded me last year of the finals when he made the three in transition when he pulled up. So I, that was a remarkable shot. Not many people would even take that shot. Not many people could make that shot. So 
you know, and then then you have players like Jr. and Cleveland who he plays he plays a good game defensively and efforts there, and then at the end he takes a terrible three. It has no chance of going in, and it's just like sometimes it, you just look at these guys like, what are you doing? You know, especially when you have LeBron in your team and you're going to chuck up a three and transition guarded. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. So I think I can see LeBron's frustrations because he's dealing with players like Jr. who's just his head's not always there. And then finally, Rodney Hood plays, and everyone's been saying, where's Rodney Hood this whole entire time? And he actually gives you production off the bench for them, which they didn't have. So I think, you know, Rodney should have been playing more, which we talked about. You know, he averaged 16 a game at Utah, and then he comes here and he's not even playing. So I think, you know, Cleveland's got some issues, and I don't even think LeBron's going to go back there. I would love to see LeBron go to Houston then and try to, you know, beat Golden State. At least it will be a lot more fun to watch. Do you what? What do you think is more? Speaking here with Katie Kalinsky with Coaching with Class uh, segment that you'll only find here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. What do you think about the the future of LeBron? I know you said it would be great to see him go to Houston, but you know I have this this notion of Philadelphia. I know that uh, I, I've had this conversation recently, and other people have brought it up too. That you know, going and teaming up with Ben Simmons uh, and and on a, a young team that has some veterans. Some people obviously trail LeBron as they have in the past, and Philadelphia, who made the playoffs, could be another team in the East now that would you know face Cleveland or face whomever with LeBron James. What do you think about his future? Do you do you think Western Conference that? that he would go and, and mess with that? I mean, he was with Miami in the East and with Cleveland in the East. Is it time to go out West, or or does he stay in the East to go to Philadelphia? What do you think about his future? Because I do think his days in Cleveland are numbered. Well, if he, if he pulls the KD, then he'll probably end up in Boston. But I, I can't see him and Kyrie playing together again. And that actually shows how valuable Kyrie is because they can't even win a game right now without him in the finals. Uh, but I think I think he's definitely leaving Cleveland. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be between Houston, Boston, Philly, maybe L.A., one of those teams. If he goes to L.A., I would be happy because I'm a Lakers fan, so that would be nice to see. Um, I also saw Vegas had their uh, had their rankings next year, so, like, best chance to win the uh, championship, and they've had L.A. at five, so they must know something we don't know. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. I mean, but that's whatever it is with Vegas. They, they think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every year, and I, I don't get. I mean, I think right now the Cowboys have a higher chance of winning the Super Bowl than the Jaguars, even though the Jaguars were four points away from going to the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys were sitting and watching everybody play football. So. I don't get it, but like you said, maybe they have something that that we don't know, but their roster, I mean, what do you think about the dynamic of a LeBron James with Lonzo Ball, better yet, a LeBron James with LeVar Ball there with this team? I mean, what's, what is your thought? I mean, there's Gary Payton the second, you know, on the, that was on the team and Brooke Lopez and Brandon Ingram and, and Josh Hart, Channing Fry, Tyler Ennis, who you and I both know well, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and, you know, so on and so forth. Thomas Bryant, who didn't come to Syracuse, went to Indiana, and now he's there. What would you think of that da- the dynamic of, of L.A.? Because I know he makes teams better, but could he resurrect Los Angeles that quickly? I think he'd need someone else to go there with him if he goes out there. He definitely would need one more player. Uh, Philly, obviously, he could win a lot sooner because he has Ben Simmons and uh, Joel and 
they have a shooter in Reddick, and they have they have a good team. And you know, it'd be interesting to see their dynamic if he did go there, just to see how different it would be. So I think anywhere he goes next year, they're automatically if he goes to one of the teams like the Philly, they'll probably already be the favorites to win. If he goes somewhere like LA, if someone else goes with him, obviously he'll probably be a favorite. So. It'll be interesting. Everyone's going to be waiting out for agency this year. It's going to be fun to watch. And speaking here with Katie Kalinske, who spent seven seasons with Jim Beheim on the Syracuse staff, we have a question that just came in from a listener. That question is, if I can ask you your thoughts on Beheim's Army this year. We know that the TBT, the basketball tournament, is is something that people get very excited for. It gives Syracuse fans and fans around the country something to do in the off season. And we know that we've seen some great players return. And we know that uh, Eric Devendorf, John Gillen, Paul Harris, Chris Joseph, Deshante Riley, James Sutherland, Brandon Trish, and Hakeem Warwick are on the team this year, and obviously Kevin Belby is uh, the GM once again. What are your thoughts on Bayheim's Army? Do you watch it closely? Just what you could say about it this year. Yeah, I watch all the games. It's exciting to watch, you know, because I grew up from Syracuse, in Syracuse, so I, I watched all these guys play, you know, and I always kept up with all their careers after. And then, obviously, working with Syracuse for seven years, I've met everybody on the team, you know, in some fashion or some form, so... I'm excited to watch them again. And I got to work with Eric Evendorf, and Belby was actually my head manager my freshman year at, you know, with the men's team. So I'm excited for the team. I think it's going to be really good. You know, I'm a huge Chris Joseph fan, so I'm so happy that he's on the team this year. Uh, James, is a, James is a class act. So I think it's exciting for him. Uh, you know, and even Deshante gave good minutes last year. And I think this might be the best team they've had, you know, put together. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch Paul Harris play again. You know, I haven't watched a lot of his games since he since he left. So, you know, seeing him on the team this year, and then you know Eric's gonna be Eric. Uh, Brandon Trick, you know, as good as anyone. So I think they're gonna be good. I think they have a chance to definitely win it all. Um, you know, it's tough though because I think it's single elimination. So you know, you, if you have one off game, you lose. So and you're out. And but I think I think they have a great chance. Um, Blackwell will be back coaching, and he's such a good coach. Um, you know, they do our zone, which is exciting. Uh, they'll be up in Syracuse, too, beforehand, which will be cool to see everybody before they go off to the city. Um, you know, and Hakeem, and Hakeem's on the team, right? Yeah, Hakeem's on the team now. Yeah, Hakeem. So, I think I think they're good as anybody. I think they definitely could win it. It'll be fun to watch. I was hoping they could get Rakeem on the uh, team, but I think he, I think he's playing somewhere else right now. Yeah, and, and to see, you know, kind of what this team has become and, and what – the basketball tournament has become is is pretty cool and pretty interesting and it's always good to get these guys back together again and exciting to have them especially with a lot of these guys having played overseas and in and out of the NBA it's it's good to see them do what they do and and be back there so we appreciate the question as well and appreciate Katie being here on the show Katie quick before I let you go to take a look at uh, some of the one of the things that we haven't spoken about yet, and that is the fact that Mike Hopkins, former Syracuse assistant coach, longtime assistant coach, he decided to say thank you to the Washington fans. He is using his Pac-12 Coach of the Year bonus to thank Washington fans with fifteen thousand dollars worth of Starbucks gift cards. I don't expect anything less of this man. I I lo- I, I do. I, I love him, and he's he's always been. I mean, I met him when I was fourteen. He coached me in a summer camp, and you know, all the way up until now, I think that this guy is 
wherever he goes, he touches lives in a positive way. He's now decided to take a $15,000 bonus, and basically Starbucks is on him. What do you think about it? It, it doesn't surprise me, you know, and that's just the person he is. And when I say you will never find his type of energy anywhere else, you never will find another Mike Hopkins. He just, he was born to do, like, he was born to coach, he was born to help people, and he was born to be the person he is today. And, you know, just, I was out there, and he, you know, every day I got to go to lunch with him or hang out with him and just talk to him about life. And he was always that person at Syracuse. You know, he always, any player that needed help or any player that was going through it and needed, like, a, pot, a pep talk, you know, they were always in his office getting that pep talk. And he just has a story for everything, and he always knows how to help you at the right time. And he, he's one of a kind. And, you know, I knew he was going to be a great head coach the minute he left here because he prepared for it for, you know, since, since the day he was born, you know, to be a head coach. And I'm just so happy for him, and the people love him out there. You know, being out there, everyone said positive things about him. And, you know, all he just needed was an opportunity. And now, you know, now that he has his opportunity, it's so exciting because he's the most genuine person you'll ever meet. And he, you know, everything he does is real. So I, I'm so happy for him, and it doesn't surprise me at all. He, he's a class act. And then something else you put up, and I love, I love obviously, inspirational quotes that, that make you stop and think about your life and, you know, maybe change your change your way of thinking if you're not uh, being that good to yourself out there. And you put up a quote from Becky Hammond, and you and I have spoken about Becky Hammond before, and I know you're a big fan of hers. And, and the quote was, you never know what your journey has in store. You just work hard and keep your nose to the grind. You do things the right way. You treat people the right way. And good things happen. Just your thoughts on that quote from Becky. I mean, I think people lose sight of things in life. You know, my biggest thing is just be nice to everybody. You know, you never know what people are going through and how hard is it to be a good person. And we get caught up in so much of the wrong things and, you know, even, you know, political views aside, you know, we need to bring the country together. It's just so much, it's so much stuff, you know, like I don't really talk about political stuff a lot, but if I could voice my opinion more, you know, my biggest thing would just be kind to people. You know, there's too much... Life's too short, and, you know, like, that's how I am every day. I just go to work, I put my head down, and I try to be nice to everyone and help everyone, and, you know, whatever happens on my path is going to happen. You know, whatever it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but, you know, people have decided that a little bit, and, you know, put egos aside, and, you know, just, just live a good life. You know, like I said, life's too short to be unhappy, life's too short to be mean to other people, so, you know, that's why I like quotes like that, because, you know, that's big for me. Because, and like you said, how hard is it to be a good person out there in society? Apparently, people treat it like it is it is one of the most ridiculously hard things to do in the world, but it's really not. And when you're good to somebody, you end up with segments with, with great people in the community. So, you know, Katie, I want to thank you for all the work that you've done at Syracuse and, and what you're continuing to do and, and just what you've brought to the community and what you bring to this show because it's real, it's raw, and it's important. And when you do that and when you can share that with other people, it's a blessing. So thank you for being a part of the show. And, you know, I appreciate everything you're doing. For sure. I appreciate it, too. All right. I'll talk with you soon when uh, when Golden State's hoisting another trophy. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Bye. <laughs> that coming from Katie Kalinske. Once again, Katie Kalinske joining Wake Up Call 
with Dan Tortora right here on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're going to take a step aside for a fast break. When we come back, you know what it is, fantasy football in the NFL, our conversation with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We've had it for a couple years on Fridays. We are moving it, realigning here, and we are putting him on to Thursdays. So Thursdays for Thursday Night Football and give you an extra day of fantasy help, give you more time to listen to it on the multiple different listening venues for the archive. Go to wakeupcalldt.com. You can click on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the Podbean podcast, TuneIn Radio, whatever it may be. You can check out the show and listen in there. So make sure that over 970 shows are available and that you go and listen and download them now. Like and bookmark the page and do what you got to do. With that being said, we're happy to have Mike moving on to Thursdays with us. And this is the first Thursday to usher in our new schedule here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So hang tight. Get your notebook ready because fantasy football never stops. People have already signed up for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, and we are ready for another year of phenomenal community play. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. 
I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely, but they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and you know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We appreciate your patience today as we came in around 930 this morning, and we will be back to the normal schedule tomorrow. Uh, much appreciation for everybody that's listening in to the show. And as I told you, we're switching it up now. Thursdays are going to feature our fantasy football extensive conversation. Not to say there won't be some conversation throughout the week, but Thursdays, the extensive conversation with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. And we are preparing you for the season. Yes, folks. This season is always, fantasy football never goes away in the greatest of ways. If you want to stay connected to the sport you love, you want to stay connected to the team you love and the players you love, well, then you keep listening to Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, and Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every single Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time as we proudly bring you everything that's going on inside of our thought process of the NFL, and so much more. And with that being said, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football is with me, and you know that the Fantasy Football Power Hour is proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and that is where you need to be watching all your games and obviously being inside of our Fantasy Football Challenge. Mike Sofka on the show right now. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing very well, and and Mike, I want to get started with your website before we go anywhere else. I wanted to to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you have a new thing on your site called Dominate Your Draft. 
It's a new product that you're offering. It's only $5 for people to get entered into this. So let everybody know what this Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com new offer is if they want help with their team this year. Well, the number one thing I get asked is, who do you like where, you know, how, what round should I take so-and-so and so forth? So I come up with my own rankings, and, you know, why wouldn't you want rankings of somebody who's, you know, done pretty good for themselves over the past few years? I want to pick everybody else's head. That's what I do. I, I'm always asking questions of people when I get together with them about fantasy football, about players, about about certain things involving fantasy football, but... You know, I'm, I'm always asked, you know, well, why don't you give me some rankings? So for five bucks, you, you know, you might be able to win your league. And I offer two different products, whether it's in standard scoring or PPR. So for just $5, you can get the most updated uh, draft cheat sheet. It'll break it down for you, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and overall top picks as well. So I, And I didn't leave out the kickers or the defense. Uh, individual defense isn't available yet, and and auction draft isn't available yet. But if you're, you know, if you if you play fantasy football, if you're new, or if you're a veteran of the game, and you want some decent rankings, you know, for five bucks you can have that. Or if you want to up your game and get a playoff guarantee, and 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 you know, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs in your league. I have premium products as well, but for five bucks you can't go wrong. No, and, and that's the whole thing about it is, you know, for just $5, you're going to be helping people out to plan out their road to winning a fantasy football championship, hopefully inside of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, but you got to go through me first as well. And you got to go through Mike if you're in the Florida League, but just what you could say about your products, about your excitement for it, you know, you and I have talked fantasy for a long time, we've known each other for almost a decade, and we met through fantasy football, so just... What's life been like over the past decade as you've grown as, as a fantasy football guru, you know, a mind of the game, so to speak, and, and someone who wants to help? Just what you could say about what your love for fantasy has evolved to over the last 10 years. Well, it's become, a, you know, a full-time job for me, basically. You know, I sleep and drink it every day of the year. There's something that I contribute to or something that contributes to me you know, trying to make myself better. We all try to do that every day, you know, whether we're co- cognizant of it or not. You know, we really try to make ourselves better every day, whether you're a football player, whether in your life, in your job. And, and that's the approach I took with fantasy football. I'm trying to make myself a little bit better every day. And if I can share some of the things I picked up on or learned along the way, you know, that's a great thing for everybody involved. It's something I enjoy doing. It, it brings the, the NFL to a new level for me. It makes it a little more interesting. It's it's brought some of my relationships with some people closer, which is always a good thing. I've met a lot of nice people over the years. I've met some some great business contacts as well. It's it's really been a good thing. So you know, saturating myself in it and becoming you know a fully enveloped in you know in the the thing that I call life of fantasy football. You know, it's been a great thing overall, and I look forward to continuing with my passion here. Speaking here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com, and our new place, our new home is Thursdays here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. Uh, Mike, to jump into this uh, for today's conversation, I told you I kind of. 
I want to go division by division and kind of see where that where the fantasy holes are and where the fantasy positives are. I want to start with the AFC North and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they have Joe Flacco as their quarterback, backed up by Lamar Jackson and uh, Robert Griffin III. Their running backs are Alex Collins, Javoris Allen, and Kenneth Dixon. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed, all new to the team, and their wide receivers. And then two new tight ends in Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, now on the team as well for the Baltimore Ravens. Thoughts on on this team, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you and then I'll, I'll come back to it myself on just what you think about their fantasy value in the passing game as well as in the rushing game. Well, I think they did themselves some favors in the draft first off. I thought, you know, Hayden Hurst was an excellent draw at 25. I was surprised he was there that late. Here's a guy I was real excited about and I was hoping he would fall to the Jaguars simply because I was at the draft party, and I, I think this guy just jumped off the page for me out of a lot of players, Hayden Hurst watching him play out of South Carolina. I think they did themselves a good job by going and grabbing a Lamar Jackson, who I think may end up being one of the better quarterbacks out of this whole crew. They went ahead and they continued picking up great players in the draft. They got Orlando Brown, 83rd overall, to beef up that line. Mark Andrews, again, you wonder, well, why did they take Mark Andrews tight end at Oklahoma? They just took Hayden Hurst. As a, well, you know what? Everybody's going to this two-dominant tight end thing. New England tried to start that a couple years ago, and you're going to see more of that. And if you look around the league, it's becoming more of that. It's, you know, you look in Tampa, they got O.J. Howard and, and uh, Cameron Bray. Both of those guys are contributing. Philadelphia has Zach Ertz, yet they bring in Dow- Dallas Godert. So I could go on and on, but that's just, the latest thing in the NFL, you need to have two tight ends. Lord knows one of them is going to go down anyway. You know, that's just math. There's injuries in the NFL. So the draft, I think, served them very well. I think Joe Flacco is going to continue to be the starting quarterback. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to jump in right away. But I do think Lamar Jackson is the future of the franchise. I think even though at one time Joe Flacco was the highest paid player in a year, he doesn't seem to show up until playoffs and it's just hit or miss whether they're going to make it that far or not you know they're always on the bubble there i think joe is joe's days are numbered in baltimore unfortunately for what he's contributed to the franchise i think his career is in the in the twilight here and lamar jackson's the future but alex collins should be a workhorse at running back i know people were you know chomping at the bit for kenneth dixon uh buck allen looked really strong at times when there was injuries but alex collins looks to have secured that primary running back role the three down back if you will with uh, javorius allen being able to pick up third downs and kenneth dixon maybe the occasional change of pace at the wide receiver i i liked michael crabtree a lot when he was with oakland i'm not sure he's a true number one we're gonna find out this year i'm concerned about some of the wide receivers i'm not as concerned about the future with the additions of jordan lastly and jaleel scott but you know right now crabtree sneed and john brown that that you know that imposes no fear no cornerbacks are shuddering at the fact of who they have to face well if i was a linebacker or a nickel guy i'd be concerned about the linebackers because i really think hayden hurst is a is a 
rough, tough guy. He can play the H-back. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a real nose for the end zone. But fortunately, that's what Mark Andrews has, is a nose for the end zone. So that should be a good thing. They thought Max Williams was going to be the guy with the large hands there in, in Baltimore. But, you know, that hasn't been panning out primarily due to health concerns. I think the defense there is going to be strong as ever, which a lot of a lot of people underestimate the defense. They think the defense doesn't matter. I can get a defense here or there. Well, the Baltimore defense usually is in the top half of the league, but don't forget, defenses make your offensive players that much better. Maybe they turn the ball over in the opponent's red zone. Maybe they keep the other the other team's offense you know, off the field. You know, there's a bunch of things defense can do to help your offensive fantasy players. So that's never something to underestimate. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a, are a mid-team. They're probably an 8-8 eight eight type team at best. At You know, at this point, as, as far as I see it, I think there's value in Alex Collins. If you're in a dynasty league, you want to snatch up Lamar Jackson, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews. And for deep, deep guys for long-term payoff, because it takes three to five years for receivers normally, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lastly there. But um, look for a mediocre Baltimore Ravens team outside of the defense, but look for some fantasy value there as well this year. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I tend to agree. You know, I don't think that this team is better than an 8-8 eight and eight team. Speaking uh, about the Baltimore Ravens here with Mike Sofka, on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I like the Lamar Jackson factor. I feel like he should be utilized. I, as you know, be, you know, if you've been listening to the show, I'm a proponent that because everything is pretty much new on Baltimore's offense, that you should just make the whole thing new and let the leader be new and, and kind of go with the growing pains. I understand that, that you know, with a job that's probably on the line with John Harbaugh, that that, that could make things worse and matters worse to roll the dice that big but at the same time if Joe Flacco doesn't come through then you know he could be losing his job anyways but Joe hasn't had a lot of weapons now we can say that he has some good fantasy weapons but Michael Crabtree the thing about him is you know he kind of became more of a weapon in Oakland than Amari Cooper was and now he's in Baltimore but it's about him staying healthy, and it's about him staying on the field. I lost a game during one of the weeks this past season because he acted like an idiot and got himself in trouble in the first half of a game, got kicked out of the game, and that affected I think he got me one point in fantasy that day. So you have to look at all these different things, the personality traits, and if they put themselves before the team or if the team is always first. Michael Crabtree... He can be good. He can do some good things. He does get lost in the shuffle sometimes. And, you know, like I said, last year he had a hot head, and it affected my fantasy performance. John Brown, he's an up-and-down guy. Sometimes he's good for Arizona. Sometimes he's not. He's never been asked to be the number one guy. He may Somebody's going to have to step up in this group and decide who's going to be the number one guy. Willie Sneed was a disappointment for fantasy in New Orleans, but he's still young, and he still has an opportunity to do some things. So I'm interested to see what each of these guys is going to do. They were all free agents that weren't retained by their teams. Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. So at this point, if we were to draft fantasy today, I'd say throw it up in the air and you know throw it at the wall and see what sticks because... I can't say that either one of these guys is a true number one right now. And then outside of that, 
Brashad Perriman, who came out of UCF. I mean, the guy has not stayed healthy. He had a, a PCL injury that took a lot longer than it was supposed to take and has been somewhat underwhelming besides that. I pray and I hope for his health as long as the health of, as well as the health of everybody else. It's just in fantasy, it's not a healthy play for you. Alex Collins, he was the only thing that looked good when Jacksonville played Baltimore in London. So as far as your Baltimore backs go, I like Alex Collins. I think that people are going to draft him a little bit higher this year. I could see him going in the fourth round, depending on how many teams you have. You have eight to ten teams in your league, maybe the fourth round. I could see him slipping a little bit. I could see some people forgetting about him. But if he slips to you and you have that... Anywhere between, I don't know, the third to maybe the fifth round or something like that, pick them up, snatch them up. You know, people kind of question you a little bit. That's okay. Let people snicker and question you because it's the snickering and the questioning where I've had my teams that have gone to the Super Bowl. So let people think that you're absolutely nuts because they didn't do their research. But you did. You went to HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. You went to WakeUpCallDT.com. You listened to this show with Mike and I, and that's how you can snicker back a little bit. But in your head, don't don't do anything. Just kind of smile. Let them know, yeah, you know what, guys, maybe maybe I made a bad pick. Uh, maybe I'm an idiot. Play it up. Play it up. Have some fun with it so that idiot could hoist the trophy at the end of the season. I think Alex Collins is the safest bet of anybody on this team. And, you know, as far as Hayden Hurst and, and Mark Andrews, it's been a while since Joe Flacco's had a tight end that stayed healthy that he could lean on. So I'm optimistic, but these are guys that are going to fall. I mean, there's, there's going to be an opportunity to when somebody says in round number 12, 13, who's the, uh, the, the Baltimore, who's the, who's the tight end, Dan? Who's the, who's the starting guy now? So you're going to see that fall too. And you could slip into something good. I'm, I'm, I'm more questioning the receivers and the tight end position than I am the running backs. I think if you're going to, your first Baltimore player drafted should should be Alex Collins. And Joe Flacco, at best, would be a backup on my team for fantasy this year. Heading into Cincinnati as we stay in the AFC North, speaking here of Mike Safka, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati's fantasy value as we move forward? Well, Cincinnati is interesting to me because of their running situation, their, their running back situation. Joe Mixon looked like he was going to be a terror last year. That, that was tapered off a little bit. I think they've got some... Some things they've retooled on the offensive line a little bit, so I think things are going to look up. Giovanni Bernard should be a guy who, you know, if you're in a PPR league, is going to have some value. He's going to be like the third down guy. You know, Brian Hill hasn't contributed anything anywhere, and they just brought in Mark Walton too. So, running back situation that Mark Walton out of out of Miami is no slouch. So he may be able to to creep up the depth chart, move above. Brian Hill, and we've seen injuries play a part in the Cincinnati backfield in years past as well. I think Andy Dalton is mediocre at best at quarterback. He's not somebody that pops off the paper to me. He's number 25 on my list of quarterbacks this year overall, so you know, you can look other places for fantasy, but he needs to be a game manager, and he's got some effective tools. I just mentioned a couple of the running backs, and then A.J. Green, top five wide receiver. You know, I, I'm not sure Brandon LaFell is really a number two, even this late in his career. John Ross, one of the fastest guys at the Combine a couple years ago. Hopefully he's developed a little bit. We didn't see anything from him. 
So depending on his OTAs and minicamp and all that stuff, when I start looking closer at all the results and at all the footage and things that I can find, I think John Ross might be a guy who you may consider for a dynasty role. But, you know, watch that carefully. Don't overpay for him. And I like Tyler Eifert a lot. He's just got to stay healthy. Tyler Croft did a pretty good job filling in for him when he was out. So, again, now you got a couple tight ends. you got the Tyler and Tyler crew there. So outside of quarterback, I think that you might find value. You're going to find tremendous value in A.J. Green. Joe Mixon's going to fly under the radar for some people because everybody's on the newest and shiniest thing. They kind of forgot about him. He had a mediocre elite year by his standards, not so much by a rookie standard, but by the standards everyone really expected for Joe Mixon. So you might find value there. Tyler Eifert may have fallen off people's radar a little bit because of his injury. So definitely some fantasy value there. You're not going to break the bank with this team. They're not going to win the Super Bowl anytime soon. Again, a mediocre team, but I see this team not better than the than the Ravens. I see this team possibly like a 6 and 10. Yeah, you know, when we're looking at Cincinnati and, and you know, they let go of having AJ McCarron behind them. I mean, Andy Dalton, if anything happens to Andy Dalton, they have Jeff Driscoll Logan Woodside, and Matt Barkley. So if you have team quarterback, there's not a lot of value with this. Andy Dalton, he's okay. He's okay. He's a, he's a little bit better than average. But he's not the guy that's, that's my starter on my team. A.J. Green, I mean, you know, this is the thing. Mike and I had this conversation last year. Mike put him higher than I did. And, and the, my reason being for not putting him that high is the fact that he doesn't stay healthy, and when he does stay healthy, he's not all that consistent. He has his moments. He has some awesome moments, but I look at consistency in fantasy. I want somebody who's going to win for me week to week, who's going to do what he needs to do week to week and and make my fantasy season, not make my fantasy week one or make my fantasy week 15. If somebody's off, if somebody's hurt, if I got to fill somebody in, okay, then maybe Andy Dalton or A.J. Green. But A.J. Green's level of inconsistency in his health and the fact that there's no true number two in Cincinnati. Brandon LaFell, he's not a true number two. John Ross was a bust as a rookie. And now we have to watch to see if John's going to back this up, if he's going to do anything now. Outside of that, Josh Malone, Tyler Boyd, Alex Erickson, none of these guys showing up. Now, they did draft Alden Tate from Florida State, so that's kind of a, a little sleeper to look for, a little sleeper to pay attention to. They also have Kermit Whitfield from Florida State, who is a nice little return guy there, so that's something to look at. But at, at the receiving core, I can see you drafting A.J. Green. I think every year he gets drafted a little bit higher than I would draft him. I could see somebody drafting him in round two of a 10-team league. I'm not extremely sold on him. I think there's a lot of wide receivers around the country. But again, as talented as he is, teams that have good defenses, good secondaries, can shift and key in on him because there's nobody else to worry about as of right now. If John Ross improves, if Brandon LaFell improves, if any of these guys step up, then we could be looking at something different. But as it stands right now, the receiving core of Cincinnati hinders A.J. Green. Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Mark Walton coming from Miami. Mark Walton's a a nice addition to this, and I'm going to kind of circle that. He's my waiver wire guy during the season because Joe Mixon's proven that he couldn't figure it out. Giovanni Bernard's proven for years that he couldn't figure it out. And they don't have to worry about Jeremy Hill anymore 
because Jeremy Hill is now with the New England Patriots. So I'm not sold on really anybody at these. Cincinnati is not a team that I'm I'm eager to pick in fantasy. Like I said, Andy Dalton, you know, he can fall, but I would hope that I would have a better backup than him. A.J. Green, probably going to go higher than, than I would place him. But, you know, I guess he's the best bet if I had to put my feet to the fire right now. Joe Mixon, I don't like his off-the-field antics, and I want to see what he can be with Giovanni Bernard without Jeremy Hill, but do I want to roll the dice? Do I want to do what I've done in the past, which is draft one of the Cincinnati backs and be pissed off that one week Giovanni Bernard has 100 yards, the next week he has 21, he has a touchdown, then he doesn't have a touchdown for three weeks? You know, Cincinnati, it's this constant use of multiple backs, but to nobody's fantasy positive. It's always to a detriment in fantasy. So, And it doesn't really help them win either. I agree with you, Mike. I don't think that this team's going to win maybe more than six games this year. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with more fantasy analysis of the AFC North as we go division by division. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, which is now every Thursday, every Thursday of Wake Up Call from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time with my guy Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We are discussing and evaluating the AFC North's fantasy value as we move into the 2018-19 season. We're going to go division by division, folks. So we're starting with the AFC North, and we have started with Baltimore and Cincinnati. We'll move on to Cleveland. Dare I ask you, Mr. Mike Sofka, the fantasy value of the Cleveland Browns who look like, at least on paper, they have depth at every position? Is that is that ins- I mean are you are you sitting down while I say this? I hope you are because it looks like Cleveland is far better prepared for the season than Cincinnati inside of the AFC North. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns and their fantasy value? Yeah, well John Dorsey's done a, a great thing. I mean, he came in and walked into that situation with some first round picks. Don't forget this is a team that passed on a lot of quarterbacks including Deshaun Watson last year and traded down well, they kind of benefited from some of those picks this year. You know, they, of course, they took Baker Mayfield number one overall. Shocked a lot of people. But at the same time, I, I like what Baker Mayfield brings. He brings some excitement, some enthusiasm. His deal is he needs to stay in the pocket if he wants to be successful in the NFL. It's good that he breaks outside. It's good that he makes things happen. It's good that he can figure it out on a fly and continue to move the offense and make first downs and score touchdowns. That's what you're supposed to do leading your attack down the field as a quarterback in the NFL. But at the same time, there's times where, you know, the the line is trained to develop that pocket for you for, you know, four or five seconds and that's it. You know, so you got to learn to step up into the pocket. And he didn't do that as much as they'd like to see him do that further on down the road. But first and foremost, he's got to win this starting job. Now, I think it's an automatic or a given. I think Tyrod Taylor is there to to catch him if he falls. I think Tyrod Taylor is serviceable, and especially when you consider the tools around them. They just brought in Carlos Hyde, and what did they do? They go out and draft Nick Chubb. Now, Carlos Hyde may suffer a little bit for that, so temper your expectations there. If you're in a PPR league, don't forget about Duke Johnson. He's practically the leading receiver on that team. But, you know, receivers is where the money is at. That's where their cash cow is. I don't see them holding on to all these guys, but you know, I think a Corey Coleman has future number one on him. Josh Gordon has future number one written all over him. I think Jarvis Landry has only led the league in receptions the past couple years. Oh, and then they bring in an Antonio Galloway as well. So, you know, they're, they're heavy in the receiver. Uh, their wide receivers, I'm sorry, their tight ends both stepped up last year. David Njoku and Seth DeVal went when. when Either one of those guys was down, the other one seemed to step up. So, again, they got that 1 and 1A situation happening for them at tight end. So, I don't think you're going to want to bank on Baker Mayfield this year. I think if you're in a dynasty league, that's great. I think you might surprise some people and do a little better than most think, though. I think the value is at running back with a Nick Chubb. PPR, you're going to steal Duke Johnson late. 
And you, I don't think you can go wrong with any one of the three receivers, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, or Jarvis Landry. But just earmark those guys as your number two at best, number three receiver, and your expectations will be met. And Antonio Callaway is a, is amazing talent. If he can keep his head straight, this is a guy who couldn't get his head out of the clouds, literally. He was high all the time. There was something going on with weed with him at the school. There was something going on with the police with him at, at Florida. And then, sure enough, I think he was the one guy who failed the weed test at the uh, at the combine. So he has potential number one if he can keep his head straight. So hopefully these guys will pan out for you if you pick up on these guys. Team wise, I don't see Cleveland, you know, dominating this year, but I do see them with the potential with as many as nine wins, possibly going to nine and seven this year. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the crazy thing about this is that Cleveland, you know, has the opportunity to make a splash. They have the opportunity to to really rise and and be that team that people will run to fantasy wise, and that there there's value in Cleveland now. There's value at every position. If you get team quarterback, I'm looking at picking up Cleveland because I'm going to get Baker Mayfield and I'm going to get Tyrod Taylor. So for me. The jury's still out on exactly what I think is going to happen with Baker Mayfield, and I hope that Baker Mayfield is not going to turn into Johnny Manziel 2.0. I really do. I hope that the leadership is there and that he acts like an adult. But you have Baker Mayfield and you have Tyrod Taylor, and I think that you know that's a good team quarterback one-two punch to have because we know Tyrod can start, and Baker was the number one pick, so there's expectations for him to go out there and play as well. Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson Jr., Nick Chubb, Matt Days. I like this. I like this depth. I don't know what it does for Matt Days, who was almost uh, Mr. Irrelevant, was second to last in 2017. He's a great pickup by them from NC State. Obviously, Cleveland did their homework. Somehow, this guy fell to the end of the 2017 draft, which is very shocking to me because I think he deserved a lot better. But, you know, when when we look at, at what he can be on this team because there's so many other guys... We're going to have to see how this thing shakes out. Any one of these guys can step up, from Carlos Hyde to Nick Chubb to Matt Days. I think that people are going to take a flyer on Nick Chubb. I think they're going to try and pick him up, maybe 7th round, 8th round, going to scoop him up when they can, maybe a little bit earlier if there's a run on running backs because Carlos Hyde's getting older and Nick Chubb's a rookie and they drafted him in the second round. But just pay close attention to your Matt Days type of player and where he kind of sits at here. And also... Fred Taylor's son, Kelvin, who's on the team as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about where we can go from here. And there's a lot to be said about what can happen with this running back core. But if you're in the heat of your draft, I would expect Dick Chubb to be the guy that goes, probably Carlos Hyde as well. And it depends on what people are thinking. But I would draft Hyde first, get Chubb later, Duke Johnson Jr., like Mike said, he's a good receiver, but is he a good running back? No. So, I mean, I'm not looking at him to fill my needs there, and I'm really not looking at him for a lot of fantasy points. It depends on how this offense opens him up. So I'd probably stay away from Duke Johnson Jr. unless you really need somebody and you're in a pinch, but I look at him more as a wide receiver than a running back. Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, these are guys that can create for this team. We know that Josh Gordon, I mean, it's kind of sad. It's good for Josh Gordon, but it's really sad for Cleveland 
when he can be off the team for as long as he was, and the first week he comes back, he's the number one wide receiver. So, But in fantasy, you care about the yardage, you care about the targets, he's going to get them as long as he stays in the league. Jarvis Landry, because there's Josh Gordon on one side and now Jarvis on the other, this opens the game up. So I like Jarvis as a fantasy pick. I like Josh Gordon as a fantasy pick. And I like Corey Coleman as a fantasy pick because they have a better receiving core than Dallas and they got a better receiving core than a bunch of other people out there because Corey Coleman was drafted to potentially be a number one guy. Josh Gordon is their number one guy and Jarvis Landry was Miami's number one guy. So I don't think you could go wrong with anybody here in Cleveland. My only question is who's going to be throwing to him and remember what I've told you and it's a cardinal rule for me of fantasy. Every quarterback has their guy. So just remember that if the quarterbacks change during the season. Next up here, and to finish out the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, thoughts on the Steelers' fantasy value. Mike, what do you got going here? Well, I think in the draft, the Steelers did themselves pretty well, shoring up their defense a little bit, picking up a couple safeties and throw Edmonds and Marcus Allen. I like the Oklahoma State wide receiver James Washington. He should play out of the slot right away. And I like what they did with the quarterback situation, securing Mason Rudolph for the future. Because let's face it, we know Ben Roethlisberger's in the twilight of his career as well. And he's flirted and talked about retirement many times. So, you know, whether he liked that pick or not, and whether he's going to contribute to Mason Rudolph's future or not, that's yet to be said and seen. But you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers had to do the right thing and protect themselves. Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's arguably a top three running back, arguably a top three player overall, especially in PPR leagues. And, you know, they have one of the top wide receivers as well, probably the top wide receiver, in my opinion, for the past several years in Antonio Brown, PPR or standard scoring. Juju Smith, Schuster moving up the ladder from the number three to the number two in my eyes here. I think he is totally capable of, of winning out and beating a number two cornerback on anybody's team. He he kind of exploded on the scene, made Martavius Bryant very jealous when he came back, so we saw what happened there. James Washington should fill in nice. And, they, you know, Darius Hayward Bay was only one of the fastest guys coming out of his draft class out of Maryland, so if he can contribute something, that would be great as well. I don't think there's any real worries with, you know, Jesse James or Vance McDonald blowing anybody away. So if you're looking to score points fantasy-wise, I got Roethlisberger, the number seven overall quarterback. You know what Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown can do. Juju Smith-Schuster, I got him as the number 18 overall wide receiver this year as well. So there's some definitely some fantasy points to be had on Pittsburgh's roster. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think you know it's clear that we know that the Pittsburgh is going to bring it when it comes to Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy who has stepped up. He did do some good things. I think that he is a steal. I think he's going to fall in certain places. I think that you know you might pick him up in uh, let's say the, the the third round, the fourth round, when other people were going to wait and watch him fall for the fifth and beyond. I think Juju can be something to your roster, absolutely. I think James Washington's a nice addition out of Oklahoma State. He played with Mason Rudolph, who's also out of Oklahoma State, and the backup quarterback of potentially the, the quarterback of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, Big Ben, I, I don't 
I think the the clock is going to kind of run on Big Ben pretty soon. I think if the team does really well this season, this could be the end for him. I think if the team struggles, maybe he comes back for another year. We'll see. But, you know, Ben, ben Roethlisberger is not a bad pickup because of the weapons that he has. Le'Veon Bell, obviously, he's the guy. But you also have to watch how he's playing because he was not happy allegedly with the Pittsburgh Steelers brass last year and going into the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars like not showing up to practice or not coming in for those the morning workouts whatever it may be you know this is a guy who if he shuts it off and he kind of has been noted as saying that he's going to do what he needs to do but he's not going to do extra he's going to do what has to be done but not over the top of that well, that, that makes me question a lot of things as a fantasy owner. What does that mean? Does that mean if you only need nine yards for a first down, you'll get nine, maybe ten, but you're not going to burst forward for a touchdown? So, you know, I mean, this is a guy who's tagged. He obviously could be auditioning for other teams, but this situation in Pittsburgh looks somewhat murky. I don't say I, – I wouldn't not draft – Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't say, okay, you know, definitely don't go after him. I would just watch it because attitude and effort has a lot to do with this game. Chris Johnson was a phenomenal running back who decided he didn't have to do that much after he got paid and look at what happened to his career. So I'm just saying Le'Veon Bell, his attitude could affect some things. James Conner, I love that he's there. I love his story. I love talking with Coach Pat Narduzzi about him. I'm really happy for him, and I'm happy that he's the number two guy there. Steven Ridley, I don't put a lot of value in. Fitzgerald Toussaint, not a lot either. Jalen Samuels, this is kind of a, for me, because I covered him at NC State, he's he's fun for me. He got drafted in the fifth round of the Steelers. Jalen Samuels can do a lot of different things. He was written down as a tight end on the team, but he played everywhere. He was a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's fast. He can create for Pittsburgh, and he can give them another element to their game that maybe they didn't have in their reverses or their flea flickers and whatnot, even their checkdowns and and letting him kind of zip and zap and run this thing through the field. So I like Jalen Samuels as kind of like that that sleeper, the one that you kind of let flow to the end. Don't forget that I said that. Le'Veon Bell, I like him. James Conner, I don't know how much value he's going to get you for touchdowns, but if they start using him by the goal line, I think that that would be great for you. And then as far as Antonio Brown, like I said, I mean, this is the no-brainer. Juju Smith-Schuster, yes. James Washington, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing if James Washington or Jalen Samuels, what's you know who's going to be the guy that kind of steps up here and makes things interesting. And I like Jesse James. And Jesse will will uh, probably with this new catch rule maybe help you out a little bit more here. But I like I like the lyrical Jesse James, and I like what he can do. I like the Big Ben looks for his tight ends. So you know, I I think that you can't really go wrong with Pittsburgh, whatever position you go to. And the jury's out for me on James Washington, how much they're going to use him. But you know that they go a little bit strong here. So I'm excited. I think that there's a lot of value to be had here in Pittsburgh, and I think it's great. Mike, any any thoughts, any rebuttals on the AFC North before we wrap up the North? Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that whole division is Pittsburgh's to have. I think it's theirs to lose. And, you know, I don't think they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl next year, but I do think they'll win the North. I think the Ravens and the Browns will be right behind them, as well as the Bengals. It's going to be kind of like a bunched-up gathering, but I think 
Pittsburgh's capable of winning 11 or 12 games, winning the division. I don't think that, um, you know, you're going to see a second team. I don't think you're going to see a wild card team out of the North, but I do think the, the dollars are on some of the highlighted players we've talked about today from the Browns, from the Ravens, one or two from Cincinnati, and of course, the big three in Pittsburgh. So if you got a team and you got some players from the AFC North, you'll be fine. And of course, you know, for the, for the current rankings, when you need them, you can always check out my website, HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com. That coming from Mike Sofka, as always, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to take a quick step aside. We're going to keep Mike here to wrap up the show and talk about a couple things going into this season. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Wow. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always happy to have this man on the show, and his name is Mike Sofka. His place is Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, and his expertise is with this beautiful beautiful thing we call fantasy football inside of the NFL and we appreciate Mike being here we appreciate the fantasy football power hour proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub with all that being said Mike and I are going division by division to prepare you for the season we've started with the AFC North and we are spending time on each division each week so that you have ample time to plan and so that we spend ample time on each team and not just talk about a player or two With that being said, there's one conversation I want to have here on the air with Mike to let you know some of the things, you know, the apprehension of drafting a rookie, the apprehension of going out on the line and taking somebody. First time I played fantasy football, I drafted Fred Taylor. The entire room laughed in my face. And at the end of all of that, I was laughing when I had the rookie of the year on my team and fielded a phone call from the guy that laughed the hardest, begging me to let him go if we have a keeper league for the following season. And I said, I'm sorry, he sucks. And I hung up the phone because, according to everybody, I was stupid. So I was going to stay stupid with Fred Taylor. Rookies, as Mike and I know, it depends on the team. It depends on the situation. It depends on the dynamic. It depends on how well they can get involved. And some people just have the raw, raw talent that they could fit in right away. But there is an apprehensive behavior of drafting a rookie. Or at least somebody saying, I'm not going to draft him in the first couple rounds. I'm going to let all this stuff go through, then I'll get after him. Mike, what are your thoughts on the conundrum of drafting a rookie in the NFL? Well, I mean, it's a little bit different depending on the scoring that you're in. If you're in a startup dynasty league, you know, you want to consider rookies more so than aged vets with high salaries. But, you know, you can't be afraid to make moves. And, you know, that's what fantasy football is about, is about taking some chances. But you got to take well-educated chances. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's luck. There's a lot of luck involved. Well, luck stands for labor under correct knowledge labor under correct knowledge what that means is you've done your due diligence you've done your research you know who you're going to take you know what to pay for that player and if somebody else pays too much you move on and if somebody falls in your lap so be it it's a great thing i think the number one guy rookie wise that you want to keep your eye out for this year is saquon barkley i think he's the number eight overall running back right now that's in standard scoring he'll bump up a bit because he's going to catch the ball as well. I think he's a mid, with that, he's a mid to late uh, run running back one. And then there's some other guys that you want to take some chances on too. Maybe as a late running back too, a Darius Geis. That's a guy who may be overdrafted in some leagues. Same thing with a Saquon Barkley. So somebody's going to take Saquon with the first pick, let him move on. This is a very running back heavy rich draft, especially with the running back rookies that are coming on board as well. Rashad Penny, another good low-end two, high-end three running back, should get a lot of the share of the work, should get the lion's share. I like the situation Ronald Jones is in, being thrust into that spotlight in Tampa. I got him as the number three overall rookie, the number three as far as 
all the rookies, regardless of positions. But I have him as a low-end running back two, high-end running back three. Sony Michelle, the only reason why this rookie is so far down is the team he's on, the Patriots. They're loaded at running back. But Sony Michelle is explosive. I think they're going to move him around the field, put him in the slot. Excellent PPR guy. And I think he's going to explode on the scene by the end of the year. And Royce Freeman, he should be the guy come year's end in Denver. I don't think Devontae Booker is going to do anything more. He would have done it by now. As a matter of fact, D'Angelo Williams, D'Angelo Williams, listen to me, D'Angelo Henderson may pass up Devontae Booker on that depth chart. But look for Royce Freeman to be the steady number one guy. As far as receiver, you really can't count on anybody right first cap out of the shoot at this point. It's going to take some time for some of these guys to, to develop. But if you're looking to take a chance on some guys, why not take a chance on some guys that should see some targets? I'm talking to DJ Moore. I'm talking to Cortland Sutton. I'm talking to Calvin Ridley. I'm talking to Anthony Miller and a James Washington. These guys should get their share of looks and targets on the field. Those are guys you want to target for your three, four, fifth wide receivers. You know, at best, don't expect too much. If they fall, you great. If they have a great year, great. And if you get them in a dynasty or expansion draft, that's a wonderful thing. A guy that have could have an immediate impact. There's two of them at tight end. And one is Mike Gusecki out of Miami. I like the situation there. They've been starved for a good tight end for a few years, and he seems to have the tools to be a blocking tight end as well as an excellent pass-catching tight end. So he should make an impact with temporary expectations, maybe a, a high-end tight end three if you're going to carry that many, if you have a flex position as well. And then Hayden Hurst, number 32 tight end this year. I think he's going to do a lot catching the ball in a PPR setting. He should be fine. Just his career points to not scoring a lot of touchdowns overall so far throughout college, and that may haunt him and continue in the NFL. So he may not be the red zone guy. He may be the between the 20 guys, so just be careful with that. There's some, there's some rookies you can – you know, find a value in. There's some rookies that will lead you to your championship. Just be judicious. Don't put over overly aggressive expectations on players. I don't see a rookie quarterback making a huge splash this year that's going to take you to your championship. Just look out for some of these guys. And as we get closer to the kickoff of the season, which is about, I think, 91 days away, you know, just make sure you're staying tuned to us listen to the podcast and go to hall of fame fantasy football.com for the updated rankings and cheat sheets you know what mike i'm gonna say something crazy it sounds like you do your research <laughs> i've done i've done a few things once or twice yeah so it's, it sounds like uh mr softkin knows what he's talking about you should check him out at hall of fame fantasy football.com you will not be disappointed works very hard very diligently and there's a reason why I wanted him to be a part of this Fantasy Football Power Hour with me. Couldn't think of anybody better. So, as always, Mike, appreciate it. Thank you so much. We covered the North with you today and the rookie conundrum. We will move forward next week covering the AFC South and that team called Jacksonville that that I uh, have been around for a while now. So we'll do that, and we'll have a lot of fun with it. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Go check it out. And check out the new products that Mike is now offering, including one that is only $5. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka. And hard to believe that we're TGIF in it, folks. We're going to have Friday coming up already tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday. If your week was like... 
Tan, I can't. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. If I see another customer, if I have to do another one of the, listen, we all have moments, but that's why you have wake up call. Just remember that. Wake up call with Dan Tortora. The annoying moment of the week tomorrow. Send yours in. Did you have one? Send your annoying moments of the week in. Put them right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Put them in the live feed if you're a member, which you should be because it's free. Put them on Twitter at calldt. Put them on Facebook at wakeupcalldt. Instagram at wakeupcall underscore dt. Send them over. Let me know your annoying moment of the week. We'll be happy to share it. Brought to you proudly by Carvel DeWitt, the longest standing Carvel franchise in America. And we appreciate everything that they have done. The exclusive home of the Wake Up Call Sunday, chocolate, vanilla, or a twist, topped off with my signature cookie dough pieces and caramel swirl. It is what happy tastes like. If happy tastes like anything, it's it's Carvel. So make it happen. Head over to Carvel and get some of that wonderful flavor that has been in my family for so many years, my entire life pretty much. So shout out to Carvel DeWitt, Jay Cartini, and the fam. 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. And we'll do significant sound bites tomorrow right after that around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then the man is back in the building. We're doing video and audio. We'll be here on Wake Up Call and we'll be live on Facebook with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. It's been a couple weeks. I've gained a bunch of cards. He's gained a bunch of cards. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of fun things to show you. So you better be with us on video and audio here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora tomorrow for the 10 to 11 official sports card hour segment that we've been doing with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. So make sure you come back and check us out. Annoying moment of the week, significant sound bites in our sports card segment with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards, which you can also watch live in studio on video on Facebook Live from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time simultaneously with listening on MixLR.com backslash DT. Have a phenomenal day, and I'm going to ask her. She's in studio here for a second. Now, let me, I want to, come on. Happy anniversary to my wife. It's so funny how she tries to say things when she's in studio. Now she doesn't want to talk. She's not on video, but she's covering her face right now, which is very funny. But happy anniversary to my wife. Four years with the best person in the world. Next to G-Mama. That's where it's at. So thank you so much. And, and I love my wife very much as she will not come on the air, but she'll make noises in the background. Have yourselves a great day, folks. We love you and love each other. We'll talk to you tomorrow.